0: The new year brings on thoughts of trying out something new. However, the idea of trying something new or modifying your existing practices in the classroom is not always that easy. In this first of a two-part episode, we will look at how small, sustainable, and consistent changes or modifications are more likely to stick in our classrooms, much better than attempting to overhaul everything. This week we focus on real examples of trying new things in the classroom successfully along with ways to overcome any obstacles that might get in the way. Part 2 next week will give you lots of ideas of what you can actually do in the classroom. So let's jump in. Are you a language teacher looking for some reassurance that what you're doing in the classroom is on the right track? Or maybe you're looking for some ways to teach even more effectively? If you're one or the other, or somewhere in between, you've landed in the right place. This is the World Language Classroom Podcast with your host, me, Joshua Cabral. You're about to get tips, tools, and resources so that your students continue to rise in proficiency and communicate with confidence. Let's jump in. Vamos, allons-y. Hello my friends, bonjour mes amis, oh mis amigos, welcome to the World Language Classroom Podcast. I am Joshua Cabral and thank you very much for being here, for taking the time out of your week to listen to a podcast about language teaching and to bring these ideas back into your classroom. It is one of the many things that makes you an incredible educator. So thank you, thank you, thank you for going the extra mile and just being the great educator that you are. So on this episode, I want to talk about trying something new. And on this podcast, whether you hear ideas that I share or a guest shares with you, you may be thinking sometimes, can I do it all? Do I have to do it all? What'll work? What won't? When do I do it? So many questions (laughs) come up about all of that. And I'll just put it out there that no, we do not have to do it all. There are certain things that are going to work into our teaching routine and they're going to be effective for us. And other things will be, hey, that sounds like a great idea, but maybe for somebody else. But when it comes to trying something new, i want to use this opportunity as we come to the end of the year i know that as teachers we often refer to the year as the school year but this is actually the end of the year so 2023 so this episode is coming out in december a lot of times we have this idea of newness and trying something new and resolutions when it comes to the new year so coming up in 2024 so let's take on this idea of trying something new and maybe there's something that you're feeling motivated to try something new to try in your classroom and I would say you should do it anytime. Anytime you're having this feeling of, oh, I want to try something new, you should definitely do it. Like Feed that momentum and go with it. It doesn't have to be at the beginning of the year or the new school year or the new calendar year. But I'm going to use this as an opportunity to talk about newness because that is something that we tend to do at the start of a new calendar year. The ideas I'm going to share with you are from a keynote that I've done a couple of times at a couple of different conferences. I've done them in uh, Chicago, and I have one coming up in New York, where I'll be doing a version of this. So I wanted to share it with you, and it is generally, I call it something like beyond your comfort zone, something about taking on something new. And I always use the tagline, how small changes can transform your teaching practice. So that's what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about doing small things that can really transform your teaching practice. It doesn't have to be these big, huge changes or trying something really new that you've never done before. So this can be a pretty lofty topic. So I'm actually breaking it into two episodes. So on this episode this week, I'm gonna talk about trying something new and why we should try something new and then some of the obstacles that can sometimes get in the way of that with some recommendations for how to work through those obstacles. So that'll be on this episode. And then next week, I'm going to talk about what will that new thing be. So once you're motivated and you're ready after this episode, you can listen to next week and you can look at all the possibilities of what some of those new things can be. And then I will talk to you about how to make it happen in your classroom in really sustainable and manageable ways. So for this week, we're going to talk about trying something new and why it's important and some of the obstacles and then to work through some of those obstacles. So the first thing is trying something new. That's our first topic. So trying something new. And I'm basing this all on this idea of trying something new for 30 days. If you're going to try something new in your classroom if you try it once it may or may not work you're either motivated or you're not motivated at all because it didn't go so well and you don't keep doing it so i'm going to suggest that whatever you try that is new try something new for 30 days and this is not my own personal idea that I came up with it is definitely something I do in my classroom but it is based on a TED talk by Matt Cutts and I'm going to put the link in the show notes it's about three minutes long you can learn everything in three minutes but I'll give you the quick rundown that in this TED talk Matt Cutts says that it turns out that like 30 days is just about the right amount of time to add a new habit to your routine and that's what makes these small changes really effective because these changes become habit so they can't be huge but these are small changes that become habits and you keep doing them and that's what makes it sustainable so that is what matt cutt says and he goes on to tell us that when i made small sustainable changes Things I could keep doing, they were more likely to stick. So when you try something new in your classroom, do it for at least 30 days. But what you will find is once you're able to do it for 30 days and you hone that and you do well with it and you feel the benefits of it and you see those benefits in your students, you're going to want to keep doing it. But give yourself that 30 days to... Create that habit, and then it'll be more likely to stick. And a lot of this is also based on the idea of James Clear's Atomic Habits, which is a wonderful book, and I recommend you read this as well. But James Clear says that goals are good for setting a direction. Goals, good for setting a direction. But systems are best for making progress. And I equate here this idea of creating systems that, are good for making progress, I equate that to what Matt Cutts was saying in his TED talk about those small sustainable changes. And so we wanna have our goals in the classroom, But if you have these huge lofty goals, but you don't have systems and small changes to help you get there, you're not going to meet that goal. So that's what we're going to be looking at. What are those small changes that we can make in our classroom that can help us get to that larger goal? And when I say changes, I'm really talking about new ideas or doing something differently. So it's kind of a catch-all word when I say change something in your classroom. It might not be this big dramatic change and you're doing something so differently than you ever done it before, but that change could be a new lens or trying to do something new in terms of the way you manage your classroom. So that's what I'm saying when I talk about changes. So before we get into exactly why that is useful and how to get through some of the obstacles, I just wanted to share with you some of the actual things that I've done in my classroom, where I said, I'm going to do this for 30 days and now that I've done that, and some of these were last year or the year before, I continue to do them because I felt the momentum and I saw the progress because I forced myself really to do something for 30 days. So one of the first things that I wanted to do was really get students interacting with each other in the classroom, using the target language with each other and not just with me when we are doing activities or anything in the classroom and so what i did for 30 days is that for 15 minutes sometimes 10 minutes mostly 15 minutes in every one of my classes students interacted with each other that did not involve me and that took on the form of different speaking activities different writing activities but they were working collaboratively with each other and i wasn't involved in it because i wanted students to engage in using the target language amongst themselves And so I told myself, okay, in every class for the next 30 classes, so it wasn't really 30 days, it was probably more than 30 days because it was 30 classes, I made sure that in all of my classes, students did something collaboratively, only with each other for at least 10 minutes in every single class. And I did that for 30 days. And what I saw was the students enjoyed it. They got really comfortable with using the target language with each other and being in this place where they could use the language and not be overly concerned with accuracy as they would be when they're talking with a more proficient speaker like the teacher. And so as I saw this result in students, I've now kept doing it, but I had to do it for an extended period of time to see that, A, it's possible, and it's not a lot of work because you sort of get into routines and templates, and that also the benefits in the students were incredibly motivating. So that was one thing that... I did for 30 days to prove to myself. Another thing that I did was really focusing on the path to proficiency. And when I refer to the path to proficiency, these are the actual proficiency levels, where you have novice low being single words, novice mid phrases, novice high chunked phrases. And then when you get into the intermediate low, single sentences, then moving into the strings of sentences in intermediate-mid with different time frames and then paragraphs at intermediate-high. So that is the path to proficiency. And so I wanted students to be entrenched and truly understand the different proficiency levels, where they are, where they want to be so they can set their own goals and objectives. So I referenced that in every class for 30 days. It may have been just a 20 second mention of this activity falls into this this category or this proficiency level or something about which mode is this presentational is this interpretive and so using all of that path to proficiency language every single class I made sure to do it for 30 days and what I realized is at the end students understood it so well because I purposely contextualized it into everything that we were doing. So again, was it a huge change? I'm using the word change, but it was something that I did to make sure that we were staying on track and understanding this path to proficiency. But again, it was that continuity of doing it every day for 30 days that made it sustainable and understandable and showing me that, oh, I can actually do this with other classes as well. And then the last example... I will give you about something I did for 30 days was looking at the work of Ben Tinsley, who's from Afro-Franco, and Dina N. Simmons, who is from Liberated, and they both speak about this idea of inclusion, and we use the word inclusion in our classrooms, particularly when we're talking about DEI, and they're actually bringing in this idea of DEIJB, where it adds on to the, not just the diversity, equity, and inclusion, but justice and belonging and ben Tinsley says that when you include me i'm still reminded of whose house i'm in because that's not truly this idea of belonging which we also hear from dina and simmons from liberated so this idea i wanted to bring into my classroom that i was truly going to center voices and cultural elements and not just include them into the curriculum I did this for actually more than 30 days because I made sure to do an entire unit where I wasn't just including elements, but I was truly centering. And I did this in a eighth grade French class where all of our CI readers were based on Francophone West Africa. And so everything that we did was based along that. So we had talked a lot about food. So rather than talking about the typical food we might see in a textbook, in a French textbook anyway, where students would be learning about Parisian diet and Parisian food, I made sure to center the idea of ingredients in West African cuisine. And we were still able to do all the grammar around it. And I realized that that's what this centering is really about. It wasn't doing the more traditional way of going about it with that content. And then including the idea of west african food with some examples but i only did that and i completely centered it and put all of the grammar and discussion and everything that happened around food was focused on the west african cultures in particular here it was togo and senegal and i then did the same thing in a spanish class and it was not just tacos and burritos uh, that comes up in a lot of textbooks as the, more of the common food. But we looked at traditional dishes in Paraguay and Uruguay, different countries in Nicaragua, and what are the different names for rice? What are the different names for beans? It's not just rice and beans, they look different in different countries. So we really centered that as we talked about all of our different food in that unit. So I wasn't including it that, oh, here's some possibilities of what you might see, but we truly centered it and brought it into this idea of belonging, and then that transfers to the students. So think about something like that that you could do for 30 days. So now let's look at why we should try something new. Like, why bother, right? Of course, we wanna always be doing something new in our classrooms, but when it comes to trying something new, it definitely keeps students engaged. We can actually meet their interests That it's a different type of unit. Try a different type of unit that is not something that you've done before. And that is going to pique the interest of students and it's going to be very much about the present time and what's happening in your classroom right now. And also when we're doing something new or changing something, it's a model for our students of trying something new and it doesn't always go well. And so we learn and we try again. We'll do it differently tomorrow. And it models for students that we are engaged in that process as well. And as you're doing something new, it's really gonna boost your creativity and it's gonna be inspiring to not be in the same way of doing things that we've always done. But when we're doing something new, there might be little challenges and we have to get creative to overcome those challenges. And any kind of change or doing something new or in a new way involves some form of experimentation and embrace that and enjoy that as we're going through in our teaching. Because of that, you're going to have this experience of problem solving and involve students in that and get ideas for them of what that might be. So as you're trying something new, just some of the reasons to really embrace that and in fact try to do something new or change something or do something in a new way is it just keeps students engaged and it keeps them interested and in the present moment. And it's also a model for students that when you're trying something new, it might not always go well and you'll learn and you'll try again. And then there's that idea of boosting creativity. When you have those challenges, you're gonna get some inspiration and experimentation in there and doing things in a new way. And that problem solving is going to lead to more interesting outcomes. At least that's been the experience for me. So that's sort of the case for trying something new, doing something new in our classrooms, but sometimes things get in the way and there are some hurdles or challenges And one of the things that might get in the way is a fear of failure. And we just talked about things maybe not going well, but yeah, that's a real thing, this fear of failure. So what I would recommend to help deal with that is to just set realistic expectations and these small sustainable changes something you're going to do for 10 minutes it's not a huge goal so if we go back to the very beginning when i was talking about james clear and his atomic habits and saying that you want small sustainable changes that's what's going to help you get to your goal those small sustainable habits that you form so set those realistic expectations And in next week's episode, when I really get into what are those actual new things going to be and how do you do them, I'm really going to get into the details of some of those ways of making them small, sustainable changes. So as you're dealing with this possible fear of failure, Just set realistic expectations, make sure they're manageable steps as you're going through, and then celebrate your small successes. Look each day at, oh, look, I did this. This is how the students responded. This was a great thing. And if there's a setback, don't look at it as failure. It's an opportunity for an iterative process. Another challenge that might get in the way when we're trying something new is the idea of time. And do I have time for something new? Do I have to replace an entire unit? So what I would suggest there is you should adapt your existing materials and then prioritize the tasks that you're doing with students. And again, this isn't about creating huge new units. It's about doing something in a different way with a different lens that will keep things fresh. So start by adapting what exists already. Another thing that might come in is the idea of resistance. And I'm not talking about student resistance there. They're pretty good about going with the flow with these types of things but you might have colleagues and they may say oh you're doing something differently it's in a new way i'm not really on board with that so to deal with that particular challenge is to just stay open with communication with them and to highlight the benefits So don't just show, oh, you might wanna try this and this is how you do it, but start with the benefits and provide evidence. Show what your students are able to understand or produce or what they're able to do in engaging with the language because of this small change. If you start with that benefit and proof, and then show how you got there, you'll get a lot more buy-in. So just dealing with resistance. And then there might be this idea of just staying motivated, that, oh, yes, yet another new thing. What am I going to do? And so what I would suggest for staying motivated is that you get involved in professional communities, whether that is on Twitter, Twitter, or in Facebook groups, different places, going to conferences, and just creating your personal goals around this. If you have an opportunity to do that, listening to podcasts and then talking about what you heard on the podcast within Facebook groups or on Twitter X or in different places, right? So staying motivated by getting yourself into that professional community that is also talking about it. So that is my case for looking at making changes in our classroom. Right. So we looked at trying something new and this idea of doing it for 30 days. Remember, 30 days. That's the key number, because as Matt Cutts pointed out in his TED talk, then when he made those small, sustainable changes, things that he could keep doing, they were more likely to stick. And that's very much in line with James Clear and Atomic Habits, who says that goals are good for setting a direction, but systems are best for making progress. So made our case for why we should try something new. It's that model for students and boosting creativity. And then we looked at some of the challenges, the fear, the time, the resistance, staying motivated. So just think back at some of these suggestions that I gave you for this and let those just stay with you for the next week or so. And think about this idea of trying something new or making a small sustainable change in your classroom. On next week's episode, we are going to dive into lots of possibilities for what those small, sustainable changes could possibly be in your classroom and how to make them happen. So thank you so much for spending this time with me today. Be sure to check out the show notes where you'll see a link to Talking Points, which is my weekly email newsletter with tips and tools for language teaching. And as always, there are those links in there to get in touch with me if you would like to work together, either in person in your school or remotely. And also on my website, wlclassroom.com, you will see a link on the top There's one for school workshops and conferences where you can see the different conferences that I will be speaking at uh, throughout the winter and spring. So if you happen to be in that area, I would love to see you if you're at one of those conferences. And also when I'm working with different schools, I always list them on there so you can see what areas I'm in and maybe I'll be in your area at some point. So you can check that out on my website as well, wlclassroom.com. Think about what is that new thing going to be in your classroom? What is that small change? What is that small sustainable change going to be in your classroom? And we will talk about that in detail next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the World Language Classroom Podcast. Be sure to follow or subscribe wherever you're listening so that you never miss an episode. Let's keep the conversation going on social media. Connect with me on X, aka Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at WLClassroom. And for even more valuable resources, visit my website, WLClassroom.com, where you'll find over 300 blog posts about language teaching. So stay inspired, keep growing, and continue making a difference in your language classroom.